Hello, hello. Welcome to On the Road Bowling Podcast with Gio and Daria. Hi, Daria. Wow, you sounded like a presenter on TV. Yeah, you see? Uh, today we're going to be talking about college bowling. I so many <laughs> memories. So many, some juicy ones for sure. Definitely. So yeah, so I don't know how to start it. How do you want to start it? Like, do you want to start talking about what we're in college? We went for four years. Uh, I personally bowled for two and a half years, and we'll tell you more about it later. But you tell me about your college experience. Tell me I a little bit of what uh, you think about it. I think it's really worth mentioning. How did we end up bowling in college? Because you're from Venezuela. That's true. I'm from Poland. So our roads to college bowling are not the same as maybe other people. Yet they are quite similar, if you think about it. Uh, I think so. Because knowing mm. your story, uh, we're definitely going to share with everyone. I think they're quite similar. But let me show you mine very quickly. It was 2008, European Youth Championships. One of the best coaches in the world, Sid Allen, came up to me and said, like, you know what, you should bowl in college. <laughs> For my broken English, I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, so, you know, there's that new bowling program. Uh, they work together with Kegel Training Center, the best training center in the world. So if you go there, I think you can get scholarships so you can bowl and do your studies. And me being very oblivious as a teenager, because I really was, I never did any research. But from then moment on, whenever anyone would ask me like, oh, so where are you going to go to university? I'm going to the United States. I was going. I had no idea how or where all, all the way until my, you know, the last year in, in, in high school when I had to do all the paperwork and stuff and the things were getting Apply real. Apply for the visas and get all the sorted was, out is such a mess. It was difficult. But uh, I think you might have had the same experience the way getting into the team was not really that hard, right? Because what do we do? I only had to contact the school. I had to contact the you coaches. You mean into the school and into the program more than to into the team, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like a team, like an A team that travels. Yeah. Just being a part of, of the college bowling, bowling. Bowling program. Did you know, fun fact, that he was the one who invented the spinner role? You know, then China Taipei. They, 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 Sid they, Allen did? Or? Yeah, Sid Allen. God yeah. damn, really? Yeah. Wow, I had he, no idea. Yes, he invented that. He actually created that. I don't know exactly the full story, but I know that he was behind the theory of throwing like, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 pounders and they spin it and all that. Yeah, yeah. we call it a helicopter. Yeah, Is that like helicopter a, spin, something helicopter like that. Helicopter spin. Yes. But well, we'll get in off getting the topic. Getting away from the topic, yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of fun. Um, also... The Weber program, which is the one we attended to. Hey, hold on. How did you get to Weber? Okay. Sorry. Yes, yeah. I'm getting ahead a little. Uh, I am from Venezuela originally. So in Venezuela, the Kegel Training Center is very popular in internationally. So to me, more than going to Weber, it was more like... Oh, you're going to Kegel. Gay going to Kegel. And I knew from very back then a uh, few people that they were going to the program already, which is Camila Dammers from mm -hmm. Aruba. Andro. Andro Simonet from Puerto Rico. So they were the people who I reached out to, to know more about the school, how to make it to U.S., how to 
how the program, how is college bowling and all that. And I had the opportunity to represent Venezuela in a Central American Championship where Dale Warren, which is the vice president of the Kegel Training Center, was coaching Dominican Republic at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's my first introduction to him. Actually, I was studying accounting back home. That's why when I came to U.S. to start studying uh, in Weber, I was a little older than the average. A little older. <laughs> well, a little you older. Let's say that as a freshman, I was 24 years old. Yeah, he was the granddad of the team. Yes, I was. I was admitted. <laughs> I was older than the majority of the team. But uh, I studied accounting back home, and then in the middle of my schooling back in Venezuela, I got to meet Dale. Mm-hmm. He offered me a scholarship. We would stay in touch. And my parents were like, you're going to go to U.S. You're going to get a degree. And at the same time, you're going to do ball. what you love and you ball. And to me, it was like, and I'm going to ball at Kegel Training Center. It's like there is like a win-win in every single situation. I think it's the same for me. So for me, it's like it's a no-brainer. You, you have to make it. So that's how I end up coming to U.S. Mm-hmm. So I think putting it in, in very brief at least the story of mine is like, I was in high school, I heard about Weber. I knew Diana, who was already attending Weber. Uh, you contact the school, you tell like, hey, I want to come. Then they get you in touch with the coach. Yeah. And then you talk to the coach. And then you send the video or you say what your achievements, how, what, not. They're like, hey, we can give you. Yeah, you send some sort of a resume. Kind of, it's right? Like a, yeah, athlete resume in a way. It was like. How many times have you been in the team and your achievements as a bowler? And they kind of—they don't even give you a possibly a possible scholarship until you actually apply for the school. And then they tell you like, and oh, they, they this is twenty percent, or we can give you thirty percent. Exactly. Or, yeah. So um, Weber. At least that's how it worked at Weber. Yeah, Weber at the time when we went there was an NAIA school, and. For girls especially, there is an NCAA division as well that offers a full ride, meaning that they pay for your uh, schooling, they pay for campus, for everything, just for you to be a part of a team as long as you're good enough, you know, as long as you end the course. You're talking about NCAA? Yes. So I'm saying that NAIA, which was the division that Weber was in, we did not have that. So I do believe, and I can be really wrong because that's not something we were talking about very openly with other athletes, other players and friends, uh, how much scholarship you can get, but it was very normal. It's kind of like when people work in different places and they tell you like, (laughs) this is how much you earn yearly but don't tell anyone is the and same similar. thing used to be with scholarships yeah. nobody would speak it it was very frowned upon to say how much scholarship you were getting i think that's where the college story starts when you know the papers are submitted then you have to do your visa and you have to go to embassy say like hey i want to study in the u.s this is the letter from the school i paid my first semester already they stamp it and you're on your If way. you are approved. If you are approved. Yeah. Uh, my funny story is that uh, I always, always, ever since I met St. Alan, I knew I was going to be studying in the U.S. But making that last step to where I had to summon the papers was very difficult. So for us, the school time was finishing a bit earlier. And then the university time in the U.S. was approaching very fast comparing to the 
Polish timeline. So all my friends still had one more month to go to university while I had one month less of the holidays. And I would tell my parents like, you know what, I'm just gonna take a few months break and I'm gonna attend Weber starting in December. You January, know? I think or that's, January. that's when the second semester of the, yeah. of the season kind of bowling season was yeah i was like you know what i have so much paperwork that like it's overwhelming i want to have a bit of holidays after high school it's been difficult and my dad i still remember what he was wearing either I, you go now or none yeah the really? core, the core <laughs> memory he was going either you're gonna go now or you're not gonna go at all and I know that it was not negotiable. If you had seen my dad, he's quite a big guy with quite big eyes. He had eye condition actually. So his eyes are like kind of popping out. So when he really stares you down the way he did that scary. to me, it's quite scary, right? <laughs> uh, I knew that it was not negotiable and I knew I really wanted to go. So to put it in perspective, I went to the US embassy. I got my visa. The same exact day, I was on my plane, plane back to the U.S. Not back. I was on the plane to U.S. Wow. I got my visa. I was there. When I got there, I was told I was the last student that year to be admitted to Weber International University because how late I was doing all my paperwork. Mine was completely different. I had to come and do an ESL program. So for internationals... ESL means English second language. As a second language, yeah. And... Usually international students, they have to take a test, which is called, um, do you remember how it's called? No clue. Uh, it is a test that you have to pass. You have to get it like... TOEFL. That's to what I had TOEFL. to do. Yeah, TOEFL, the right? TOEFL test. Yes, the TOEFL test, it has to be uh, passed in order to be able to study in U.S. And it's super, super difficult when you are abroad. And my English was not good at all. And it's not like it's great now, but... <laughs> It was not good at all. So I actually decided to come to U.S. to study for six months in order to pass the TOEFL test. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember TOEFL being very difficult. My, I never thought my English was too bad. But then I, I did a TOEFL and it's like four hours exam. Like it's an hour it and a, a half super long break. It's about in three, I think it's, it's some part it's is written, very, some yeah. part is... Uh, uh, you, in an audio format it's just it's very just difficult, so difficult in general so fun fact i had no time to fail it like if i was to fail it then i would have to come to weber the next semester and maybe my dad would be upset with me <laughs> so uh, i i remember that i had to get 66 points to pass it i already applied for visa everything kind of took it for granted i was having lunch in the restaurant I'm with say, my well, friend we're saying 66 67 like well 66 67 is not a great uh, no, I don't grade, think it's like a 66%. It's no, it was the point system. Yeah, but it's, isn't it like out of 100? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I Regardless, don't it's super tough. Regardless, though. I got 69. At least it was. You got <laughs> so 69. I barely passed it, you know, <laughs> whether like it was out of 100 or not. Let's just say I barely passed it. And uh, language barrier, it's quite of a big thing for internationals coming into the U.S. And yeah. because you did the ESL, I think you can tell us a bit more about the experience, about how it is to, like, you know, come all the way from Venezuela to the U.S. And then you have to be in all of these social situations with teammates. Yeah, and actually, they joke and English is not your I, I best. I remember that it was very tough. It was very tough and it's something that I kind of challenge myself in a way. I have a very good friend from back home that he spoke English perfectly because he lived in U.S. for a few years. Um, he told me that 
the only way that I will ever learn the, to speak the language is to put myself in the position where I would not hang out with people that spoke my native language. So I would not hang out with Latin people because otherwise I would get lazy and I would like... You would just choose to be choose with the people that speak Spanish. Because I would be able to express myself mm -hmm. easier. So I, I challenged myself and I remember, uh, obviously... Is that why you started dating me? Yeah, of course, exactly. <laughs> like she speaks it's no like she, Spanish, she, I She doesn't speak Spanish at all. She barely speaks English, so let's do it. <laughs> Get lost, okay? Fun no. fact, we started dating yeah. maybe a week after Gio got to Weber. <laughs> so. A bit more than that, but yeah, like it was quite, it was quite quick. Um, let's say that it, she fell for me r as oh, soon as I got to yeah, Weber. Definitely. I saw her. I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was a challenge. You have to grow up so quick. You have to grow up so quick. And I do remember getting into college as well and, you know, being picked on. Like I would be just in cafeteria eating and you know, my teammates. Picked on because of your, like, because I didn't accent or, like... All of that, yeah. And, like, my teammates, like, two girls would sit next to me and we're chatting and then they would be like, where is your boo? And I'm like, your sorry, boo? what? What's boo? <laughs> and they were, like, laughing. And it made me so uncomfortable that I wanted to disappear, you know? I was in the middle of having my lunch. Yeah. They were, like, laughing to each other. I was like, oh, yeah, where is your boo? Well, now I know. Uh, or I found out that evening that they were talking about like the guy I was speaking to we were like texting back and forth so they related to him as my boyfriend and in slang boo meant boyfriend which I had no idea but going into like talking about college bowling what's one of the memories that you have like one of the first thing that you thought about college bowling you walk into Kego there is a training the practice of the Weber team college bowling what are you thinking or maybe the first tournament to that me, you attended the first I remember the first thought that I had it was how professional things were handled comparing with back in Venezuela like mm -hmm. you in professional in what way like students how they were treated right like for example i came after school you leave school at 3 p.m you come to kegel and you have to sit down there's a big table the coach is waiting for you you have to you're supposed to be uh kegel before 4 p.m mm -hmm. every day for crazy practices. how engraved it is right you still yeah. remember the times <laughs> yeah like right before 4 p.m you will come to to kegel you will sit down and you will have a chat about whatever bowling about what are we going to be doing, doing? And what's on. the practice about if we put some slides or some videos or some motivational speech from some coach mm -hmm. and and then the the coaches will ask you okay what's your takeaway Yes, I think and we can like separate the practices into the technical ones when we do drills and we practice. In the school school side in a way, uh, right? Let's just forget about school. Let's just talk about college <laughs> bowling, okay? School no, was I'm not... just saying it's like how, to me, it was like, I never saw that back home. And back home, it's like, oh, we go practice. Okay, throw shots and throw shots and throw shots. And here, all practices were like, okay, we're going to be doing drills. And we're going to be practicing spares. And we're going to be doing the, how is it called? What we do in the second semester that were... Overloads. Overloads. And it was yeah. a long, super long, six-hour practice session. Yeah, even you, more than that. Yeah, it, 
all that to me was like, okay, like they, they take bowling seriously. And the only way that I would be able to go to college is if I really, really like or love bowling. Otherwise, I will get burned out in six yeah, months. Yeah, <laughs> we even had like psycholog psychologists come. Dr. Dean was one of them. There was also another psychologist from Netherlands coming. And we would do some team stuff together. And I remember the psychologist from Netherlands, she would come and she would like have us take a test and decide what color we are. So ever since I know I'm yellow, uh, Gio is quite yellow as well. Oh yeah, yellow, remember yellow, that. Yellow, yeah. yeah. So yellow is like the outgoing personality, a bit overwhelming a little bit too much at times uh, very creative people I'm not creative at all in that aspect but I feel like yeah I think that's people, why you had like blue and you as well like uh, yeah. that was like it was, it was a like lot four, of mixes yeah four main colors and you were meant to understand what color your teammates were so that way it would really help you understand how to communicate with the them the personality the way that they like to be treated the way that they don't like to be treated so in that case to be closer to your teammates in a deeper level, I guess. Yeah, so we were doing all of that just to understand each other better, so that way we can perform better on the lines. Yeah, just trying to be better teammates and better bowlers in, in general, right? Yeah, because that would improve communication, right? If you know that someone is blue, it means that they're very analytical, so that means that you're telling them, like, move four and two. Well, for a yellow person, be like, oh, you know just what? The lanes, step left. Step left. You know, <laughs> like, just, just different ways. Or just ways. feel it out instead of having 13 degrees of whatever. Axes and it, 10 of two, yeah. then just go for it. So, yeah, we did a lot of things uh, in order to get better as players, but also as teammates. And I think we can talk about college bowling a lot, and I feel like there might be a part two coming up. Uh, but... Is there any like memory, any story that you have about college bowling that you can? Well, the juiciest one is that I actually just bowled in college bowling for two and a half years. Tell so us more. Let's talk just... about it, right? Um, I used to represent Venezuela, mm -hmm. and we as, know that by now. Yeah. So w one of the trips, let's say. Where the Venezuelan team is going for world championships or is going for Pan American championships. So as a preparation, they will send us to bowl tournaments abroad, outside Just of the country. To get ready and yeah, stuff. and one of those tournaments or a few of those tournaments were World Series of Bowling or the summer swing that now is called Oklahoma Open or whatever, like PBA mm -hmm. events. Do yeah. you have to get a PBA card? It was called PBA International Card. They mm -hmm. would just allow you to bowl that event and that's something. it. And yeah. three regionals or something that I never got to bowl in. Yes. But regardless of that, it's an aspect that I bought certain PBA events and then I came to U.S. to bowl collegially. I think that USBC rule says that you cannot bowl more than five professional events if you bowl more than five you're not eligible at all for college bowling. for college bowling mm -hmm. and if you bowl less than five you will have to apply for a waiver that the usbc has to approve in order for you to bowl in college bowling but i guess you had no idea about even asking for a waiver you didn't even know no you waiver, were not eligible i didn't even spoke english so how do i know about rules of that aspect you know we win the national title in 2017 and at the start of my 2018 season, uh, second semester... Was there a call that woke you up? I got a call. No, it didn't wake me up, actually. I was in the middle of the practice, and the coach calls me, and he seems very upset. 
So I was joking with the guys. It's like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. Obviously, in my head, I haven't, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't know what I would in trouble. So I'm joking around. And he seems very serious. And he's like, Giorgio, come to the office. And I was like, oh man, this is kind of serious. So what's happening? Mm-hmm. I come in and he, to- he tells me that USBC is going to call me, telling me that there's a situation that I'm going to be suspended from the national championship from, is being revoked. Yeah, the national championship is going to be revoked. Two national championships because it was NAIA national championship, mm-hmm. and what's the other one? The ITC national mm-hmm. national championship. The one that you won on TV. Which is the one that we made it to TV and we won. And all this is pretty much just overwhelming. Mm, huh? No, and it came it came right away. Like this is happening, and I've been banned from college bowling for life. And I'm like, okay, how come? Why? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't tell me much about it because USBC was already calling me. And Gary Brown from USBC calls me and he's telling me all these details. And you have to understand that my English is not the greatest still. So I come on after two and a half years in the I'm, US. No, I, I, I'm good to understand what he's saying, but I'm not good to express what I'm thinking or what I like. So I don't know what to ask. I'm in shock at the same time. So mm-hmm. I have no idea what to ask him. So he's like telling me all these rules that I broke and what's going to happen to the so team. Unaware, right? And I was like, man. What did I just do? Or like, what just happening? What's happening? Am and I gonna go to jail? It's like, am I going <laughs> to get? The, am I gonna get deported? Like, <laughs> isn't my visa, you know, revoked? Or like, what? Yeah. All that stuff that was going through my head, I had no idea how to ask. And I remember that was a very difficult. Day. Yeah, we were together for a while already at that moment. So I called you, and Daria had already graduated. So I just drove back to our house where we were living at the moment and I just came to you and told you what's happening. Yeah, I remember it was quite of a big shock. I was like, what? Everybody on the team, he knew that you bowled World Series. Everybody. That was I never, that's a the normal thing, like, thing because... Team I, I never hated it because I never thought that it was something That you bad. were breaking the rules, yeah, right? I was like, yeah, I bowled it and I was proud of it. I was like, yeah, I bowled it and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you and were telling us about how you were interacting with Tommy Johns or Bill O'Neill, that they're cool and how this and that happened. But I remember that day you came and you were a shadow. You were uh, very upset. I think you were still not really realizing the scale of how your life was going to change after all of that. Because obviously that would come with maybe being uh, suspended from the team as a whole. Maybe being like losing the whole scholarship. To me, one of the most painful things is to like, I had to stand up because most of the team had no idea what's happening. And the coach told me to take a day or two off uh, without telling the team. Like talking collect to the team. yourself. And collect myself. And then I had to stand up in front of the whole team to tell them that we just lost mm. our national championship. And some of them, they were already graduated. Two, three of them, they were already gone. They were not even there. Yeah, they were like the graduate national champions. Because they, they graduated left. as national champions. They left and, uh, and they had no idea. Mm-hmm. And when I had to stand up and tell them, like, guys, I'm so sorry. I, I made this mistake. But thanks to my mistake, this national championship is taken from you guys. Yeah. It, it, was, it was killer. It was yeah. so, so painful to be able to, like, tell them all that. But don't you think that the way the guys reacted was very wholesome? Oh, totally. They were very understanding and they, uh, they, it was very, actually for how old they were, 
or how young they were. How young they were, yeah. It was and very mature. It was wasn't very, it? very mature how understanding how they, none of them, they ever told me, oh, you did this on purpose. Or they never took it like very bad. At least, at least to like my us, face. Yeah, <laughs> at least. least right. And I don't think that they ever talked behind my back saying like, oh, he did it on purpose or anything like that. They were very understanding. They were actually very supportive. Mm-hmm. We talk about it the next the following year actually many of them or that same year that I got suspended, they wore their shoes at white tape with like my for name Gio. for Geo or like yeah. for Dell because the coach ended up being suspended yeah. the rest of the I season. I think the also. very sad part of it all is that on social media, because it was it was um, a mess on social media, yeah, uh, you were called a cheater. Like, you were called a cheater, the, and the, the team, whole team, the, the program, coach. Like, everything that we were talking like, Cheaters, yeah. right? It's like, oh, they, they took a professional bowler to bowl and win national championship. Yeah. And it's like as if everything was planned, as if Gio knew that he cannot bow and that he did or that he was hiding it from the coach. I think what hurt you a lot is also that you, if you were to go by the rules, you would think as a World Bowling Series is one event. Well, because you pay one entry fee, right? Yeah. You pay one entry fee to be able to bowl something so, like the World Series. But at the same time... If that was the case, USBC, you would be okay. In USBCI, it was okay... Five titles, five events. Five events because you're you're bowling for five different titles. So that's what makes it quite difficult. And it's such a great area that they decided to take it that way. And that's the way it went. Yeah, I think those are the rules uh, for them in general. But yeah, if it was counted as one event, I think the title would not be revoked. And it would not be suspended. I didn't apply for a a waiver regardless. So I think that I would have been... It it wouldn't be such a big situation maybe but still broke the rules regardless so there's yeah so anyway there is now college bowling team that was a national champion in 2017 on the guy side side, so when you look at the history uh it's all wiped out you will never know who was it it was Weber International the boys woman tv with the cheater (laughs) geo the professional bowler geo yeah so so yeah I think that's that like the biggest history story that we have yeah well that's it was, it doesn't in, get any bigger than that. <laughs> it involves me directly, right? So it's like, it's tough. It's tough. It's yeah. very heavy. But you tell me a bit more about what story, what comes to mind. Yeah, since we can go ahead and talk about some other stories in college bowling, you tell me about it, some of yours. Yeah, I have a lot, actually. I felt like a lot happened and there is so much I can talk about. The first one that comes up to my mind is probably because it's, one of the first things that happened to me when I was in the States, uh, we were bowling a tournament in Florida, uh, somewhere like a drive away. You know, we just packed into a bus, we drove, we were qualifier, we lay with the girls, we come back on campus, uh, everybody like kind of separates. I'm walking to my room. I see a bunch of people in front of me on a pathway. I was very shy. I did not want to be talking to anyone uh, because also my English, I looked down and I wake up on the floor and there's a lot of people around me. Uh, they're panicked. Uh, the guy takes his shirt off and he puts it on my forehead. Was they're this f- your first semester? That was my first month. First month? Yeah. That's your welcome to America. That's welcome to America. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, I don't know, these people that are weird. There's so many people around me and then, you know, a friendly voice. Like, oh my God, 
Victoria. It was Alexa. <laughs> she was always very animated, uh, a Swifty in our group. She came. She was like, oh, my God, let me take you. And so what happened is that as I was walking on the pathway, in front of me there was a bunch of people, and one of them was swinging a baseball bat. But as I was, like, seeing them, I did not see the bat. I looked down. They didn't see me. He swung the bat, hitting me straight in my forehead, which knocked me out and left me with many stitches and an ER visit, and that's probably the, the very first memory I have. Maybe it's not very college bowling. So Daria used to be normal before I that. I stop it. But <laughs> <laughs> after that, you know, now you know why. Yeah, the only reason why I'm tying it up with like college bowling is because I went to the hospital that day. I got stitched up. I got like seven or nine stitches on my forehead. The doctor told me I was like an inch away of being in a serious trouble because if I was hit exactly in my uh, eyebrow, it could have finished really badly. But I was hit a little bit higher than that. And well, the next day, mm. I had a massive patch on top of my Thankfully, forehead. you are hard-headed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I bowled my highest game in the college history. Oh, I you went to bowl college right, right, right after away. that? The next day, I was like, I'm good. I bought 287, you know? No I way! Did. Yeah, I left 3610. <laughs> oh. So that's why I remember. We ended up winning that with my girls, and I got a lot of love from everyone. Everybody was very caring, and I thought it was very sweet. So that would be the first story that I have about, like, oh, what was college and like? And that's like, just the first month of Weber. That wow. was just the first month, and that was just so much more. Okay. You, okay, that was, that was very, actually, much, much enlightening that mind so please tell me another one no it, it wasn't really um as complicated as yours uh i was not suspended uh but yeah that was one of them uh, the other that it's a short story because we don't want you guys to be you know listening to us for hours and hours uh, but the other story would be that we we're bowling hoosier i think it was my second year in weber hoosier is one of the biggest events right for college bowlers one of the events when the patterns are the hardest when you bowl many games am i right yeah right? And the, the pattern is super hard and actually hoosier is the biggest event in college bowling because all the divisions come together okay. regardless if you are ncaa naia or club, club or, or whatever they all bowl together and they bowl on this Weird, different, and super tough patterns. Three days in a row with three different patterns, if I well, remember yeah, correctly. I, did I, rem not. I remember the Hoosier. Well, it is one of those that if you win, the whole team gets to make a banner themselves and sign it up, and they put it in the masking unit. Oh, and that's a, when it's going to be the next year. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It was. I think you did that, guys, right? You, you no, won we didn't year. get to win that one. We got... We, I think that we finished second. You never won Hoosier? No. We, well, as, uh, in my team, for my two and a half years. <laughs> whole two and a half year my career. My whole two and a half years career, uh, we didn't win it. I think that we finished either second or third. That was our closest. Okay. I think we won with you, the girls. You girls won. Yes. Yeah, we're quite badass. I love my college team. But anyway, so imagine uh, we're coming to Hoosier. We come a day earlier to where like we practice on the lanes, how short or whatnot. We leave our balls in the place to where we're supposed to leave the balls for the next day tournament we come back 7 30 in the morning usually college tournaments start very early we come and i would say that weber team was not really very well liked uh we were 
perceived a, as a cocky team? Because we were a little. The thing is that we were trying to be very, were. yeah, we were trying to be very professional and try to hold each other to a like very high standards. But sometimes we were a little. I think you knew too it. Too much. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we we were trying to be the best we can, and mm-hmm. I can understand why we were not liked. Yeah. So seven thirty. Uh, imagine walking to the bowling center. The girls are separating from the boys because we're bowling on different lanes. We're gonna see each other for the warm up that we always did together with the speaker in the middle of the approach around us. Exactly. Uh, imagine that we were the only team in college bowling that would put a speaker in the middle of the approach, blast music, and start warming up. Imagine that. Like, we're, uh, yeah, you know, quite cool course, though. Yeah, it's super cool, but yeah, that's why but probably nobody liked us. That was when we were meant to <laughs> see the boys the next time, right? But I don't remember it that well. But someone from the guys' team came to get Randy. Uh, Randy Stonton was our head coach. He was dealing with the girls while Del Warren was dealing with the guys. He said, "There's ketchup." <laughs> they found ketchup, ketchup in their thumb hole. Everywhere. All, all fingers. All fingers. All, all holes. All holes. <laughs> so imagine that. The boys went to the paddock. They opened their bowling bags. And in every single ball, there was a ketchup. In they every were, hole, there, there was. There was some ketchup inside. I remember hearing about it. I, was at, I wasn't at Weber at the moment. But that was a story that, that yeah. lasted for long. And the crazy, not crazy thing is, is how the coaches decided to manage it. They told everyone to keep it low, to not tell anyone, not to make it a big deal, and to go to the bathroom, put the bowling balls under the sink, and wash them off. Tapes, change all the tapes not to freak out. We're not going to make it a deal, and we're not going to make it impact how we bowl. And that's exactly why you have to be an hour before bowling <laughs> in the sure. bowling center to make sure that if you have ketchup, you can clean it up. You can clean it up. Exactly. Tape tape up all the thumbs yeah. and be ready to bow again. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably the story that like really is in my head sometimes, you know. Uh if you wonder who was the person that put ketchup in, they were checking the cameras. I don't think they ever really figured out who they that person was. They never blamed somebody. Or I, I think that if, even if they found the, the person who was guilty or the we people, they, we never knew about it. They were it. trying to keep it low. It's like, they okay, were maybe rumors, someone. but yeah. no, no more than that. Uh, the cool thing is that coaches did not let the team spare it. Nobody at the tournament knew what really happened. Like other teams wouldn't know what the Weber had to go through. But for us, it was something, you know. It was a story. It was a story. I don't know how the boys ended up bowling. I don't remember if that was the year that we won. But that's definitely a story that's going to stick with my head. And we have so many more uh, that we would like to share with you. So I'm sure there's going to be a part two. Of we'll make another episode about a bit more stories. A bit more like uh, funnier ones, let's say. Yeah, maybe less <laughs> This heavy, ones were a little right? heavy. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's not going to be the next episode that we're going to release because, like, let's just take a break from team bowling, In college, college bowling. bowling. Yeah, yeah, but let's talk defi- a bit more about other interesting Aspe- aspects of the game. Yes, yeah, so thank you for being here with us. Yeah, thank you again for listening to us and just staying with us all this time. Yeah, I hope that 
you know, you click that like follow button or subscribe. It just really makes us happy. We just sometimes see those numbers and like how many people listen to us. I'm like, wow, so many people really care what we have we to say. We really appreciate it. Yeah, so eventually we hope that we can come to the point where we can be releasing videos. Like you can see us talking to each other. Yes, we're planning to. We're planning to. We just need to go get a good setup for all of you yeah but if you can close your eyes and imagine both of us sitting on the floor in the living room on the carpet i'm wrapped up in the blankie geo is leaning against a white pillow and we're holding mics speaking to each other while speaking to you at the same time this is exactly what's happening and one day you're gonna be able to see it so yep Totally. Thank you for listening to us. If you have any questions, you can hit me up on social media. We hope you strike a lot, enjoy bowling, and that we are going to stay and be your safe space. If you want to listen about bowling, we're here for you. See ya. Bye.